All right. Well, we should probably do an intro. We should probably do an intro. Yeah. You want to <laughs> kick that off? Welcome to Comedy, Comedy Connects. Wow, well, that's not going to work. No. I can't stop. Coming okay. Connects? I'm all Come, to coming. Welcome He's to Coming already with Comedy. Is, yeah. Coming with Comedy? Comedians at a bar. <laughs> there you go. Take another sip. Res- right. Reset. Yeah, here we go. Welcome to Comedy. Oh, Jesus. All right. I'm going to have to do it. From I can't get it out. This is going to be an editing nightmare for Nate. Yeah. I want to introduce to y'all. We are here to introduce. I'm here to introduce. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Comedy Connects. <laughs> welcome to Comedy Connects. <laughs> mm-hmm. We could do one where we all do one word. He could go welcome, yeah. and you go two, and then Comedy Connects. <laughs> I think connects. that works nicely. That? All, right. all right. Welcome. Two. Comedy Connects. Huh? Come <laughs> Yay, on now. we there. did it. How We're many? here today <laughs> with Chuck Charles and Hayden Fredrickson. Well, first we need to we need to go on Hayden's outfit here, though. Like yeah, we it's not a video podcast. Earlier. See, now you're making the number one audio rule. So first you said local, and now but, he says, "Look at my outfit." Where's but the we haven't described it yet. Okay, we haven't described it yet. Give him a taste. Uh, actually, Mike had a much better description. <laughs> you did. Yeah, no, it's uh, a lot of gold trim. It's a multifunctional gold trim tracksuit styled with tigers and a fleur de lis. I think is in there, and oh. there's. <laughs> Ooh. Wow. Yeah. Y- he made you sound good. Hold yeah. on. Hold on. Give everyone a pause so they can Google that word. Yeah, it's a little uh, little cresting. Well, give me a moment then. then. I need to In Google the it. hustle and bustle of Green Bay comedy, you have to stand out. And I'm changing my branding to bad boy. And this is, this is the first start, the first guest of a podcast. And who's this handsome guy <laughs> sitting in his seat then with I glasses on? Charlie. <laughs> Char- that's the name you're going to go with, Charlie? Not Charles or... Well, it's weird if I go with Chuck Charles no. and then Charles oh, You're Charles. 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 I don't Charles, know. Charles, Charles. Yeah. Ch- Chuck, when I first heard of your name or when I first saw it, I misread it. And so it's the first two months of knowing you. I thought your name was Chuckle Charles. Like, I thought it was a branding name. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> the original Chuck Charles is a branding name, but not Well, Chuckle I know that, Charles. but Chuckle Charles. And I was like, ooh, feels a little... Yeah, fun fact. I learned what... Uh, are we allowed to swear on here? Is this a... Th- yeah. Okay. Well, chuckle fuckers is like groupie for male comedians. They're like oh, okay. female groupies. And uh, after learning that, I'm just glad that that was not true. Who you told you that there, there's a I've Mr. Never heard Rosshoff? Listen, <laughs> so there's a lot of things source. we can learn from, but Ross telling you that the uh, that's not what female groupies are called. I don't think, I think you call groupies are what they're called. You know what? I will urban dictionary it right now. I would. I, I'm doing it. I will, All right. I welcome. Um, we need some. What is it? Research. It, it's chuckles fuckles or chuckers fuckles. What did you say? Chuckle fuckers. Chuckle fuckers. All of them are in chuckle play at this point. Fuckers. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's see what we have. A chuckle fucker. Someone who stands around at work telling jokes, Ooh, talking excessively, and taking excessive smoke breaks. Ah. They are a number one lazy ass. That's exactly how Hayden's dressed right now. That's 100%. <laughs> dude, I roll up at a McDonald's. I'd be a problem, dude. They'd be like, Hayden, we have we have six cars in the drive-thru, and I'd just be standing there. So I feel like the person who told you that those are his groupies just kind of described his dictionary? aesthetic. Yeah. yeah. I'm dressed like only definition. He's yeah. trying to rebrand himself at work. That's what that is. He's trying to get rid of. Correct. Listen, my branding it. started before I started all this. Well, that's <laughs> and that's a good okay. move by you. I've been I've been strong on Chuck Charles for almost a decade. Oh wait, now. here's one. All right. On definithing.com, a chuckle fucker is a woman who has sex with comedians. There we go. Oh. Generally, one who waits outside or backstage after comedy shows. 
Much like uh, a groupie for bands. how many pages? There is a chuckle fuckers on Instagram if anyone is interested. I'm no, not even no. going to click that button. <laughs> Go ahead. Can't be followed. That's, no, that's I'm dangerous. not even going to click that's, it. <laughs> Chuck, get your burner account out. <laughs> let's, let's get in there, dude. I got to see what's going on. Can you have burner accounts on Instagram? I think you can. I think you can. If you just, just gotta... a bunch of photos of me. Dude, Google, <laughs> Google has opened up. You can make 17 emails. You can, I basically, I could, yeah, you can create a following for yourself out of just random accounts. I have 17 emails, I think. Yeah. See? Yeah. yeah. I, I have my, I open my little work tab and there's seven of them. I can just pick and run around and just grab different ones. That's the one who's talking shit to you on like Twitter and stuff. That's me. Oh, actually. well, that makes sense. <laughs> I didn't think you even used Twitter. I should use uh, all these different emails to recommend myself to, to venues. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen this, Chuck? Chuck? Dude, start doing. There's an element to it, dude. It's like I thought about just lying on my like press kit and just being like, "He's open for," <laughs> just like in so many different names, just to see what happens. Boy, but will he not disappoint? Or maybe I don't I, know. Hey, once you're in the door, it's too late. Secure yeah, the bag, secure the check, it. and you get yeah. out of there. <laughs> That's, there's nothing wrong with that. Also, I look like a guy who goes on Twitter a lot. I have strong takes on Twitter. Do you? Mm-hmm. You do not look like a Twitter guy to me. Oh, I'm a good follower. At on all. Twitter. You look like an Insta guy to me. No. Yeah, I do. I dress like a guy who goes yeah. live on Instagram to like five people. I don't get What's the Twitter up, my vibe. Community? Like nope. to nobody, but no, Chuck gives me. off the LinkedIn vibe a little bit. I think 100%. it's the gel in the hair. What's up, YouTube? Listen, what's going on? Hey, everybody. Make sure to like it. Smash that like and subscribe button. It's your boy, Hayden F. Comedy Hit my bad link boy. tree in the bio. Where are my chuckle fuckers at? Hit the Do link in bio. Do people still use Linktree? Yeah, it's pretty strong. Yeah, yeah. Really? It only got... Because I remember when like using it like 10 years ago or whatever, and it was considered lame and spam and awful. I didn't know it would have taken off. Well, I mean, it, you can credit that to the OnlyFans crew. Oh, yeah, so like, that they can This is promote. where they post their, like, mm-hmm. not 18-plus content, and they're like, hit the link tree, and then it's got all their... I don't know anything about oh, this. Oh, that's I, a yeah. good point. So that when you, yeah, sure, Chuck. Yep. <laughs> when you click on the page, that way it doesn't take you directly to OnlyFans. So, you know, it's yeah. your grandma Yeah, because they're blocked it. on Facebook. Correct. You can't share those yeah. links. Yep. Yeah. I didn't know that. Thanks yeah. for educating me, Chuck. You're welcome. Yeah. Chuck and I have a great OnlyFans. I... I <laughs> It's just us. It's I mean, you're welcome to plug it's it. It's, no, it's expensive. <laughs> if you want the good is stuff. Is it free? Or, oh, say, so Chuck is free and you cost money. So Correct. he's like the leader and Listen, then so he does you're a lot the of content. Solo stuff. He does a lot of solo stuff, which is, it's kind of hot. It's a little, it's off there. But then when we do the duo stuff, that's when we can really charge a pretty penny. Right. Yeah. At what point, like if you have him out there for free trying to lure you in so you can get your paid content, is this the bait and switch? Well, not really. So they have, Ch- Chuck's butt naked usually, but then they blur me out in the background. That's usually how they get people in the OnlyFans. It's usually just a bunch of facial expressions of Hayden and other <laughs> jokes that people have told. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. No. Hits, so he's so a chuckle fucker. The wall factor and he gets that oh look on his face. So Chuck and so I sit next to each fucker. other at pretty much any show that goes on, whether it's an open mic or a show, and Chuck likes to turn his chair basically towards me because when a comedian will go up there and maybe say something that like, whoo, they really swing for the fences, I, uh, I tend to make some pretty wild facial expressions. Like I'm like, and Chuck will just film me the entire time. And, and I'll do that nice montage. slow close-up. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. see on your TikToks, you're always filming different comedians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will, like, slink down in my chair and just be covering my mouth, and he'll be watching and laughing. And that's, <laughs> I cannot tell you how many times Jenny has looked at me and been like, you have to stop doing that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Wipe that off your face. Like, I can't. <laughs> I, I don't want to, and I can't. He's very, like, yeah, we'll be at an open mic or something, a comedian will get up there and say something, and his whole face is basically, you can't say that or some or you know there's disgusted. no doubt how i feel about this no yeah. and i'm like you're, you're gonna offend somebody maybe not that 
no one can say it, but it's probably like, ooh, I wouldn't have gone there. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I wouldn't have said it that way. <laughs> his, I wouldn't have opened with that. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, hey. his facial expressions often represent the vibe of the crowd. Yeah, that's yeah. You've Where, got the every you know man, the cringe like, can, and can feel mm, that that yeah. wave. Yeah, you can also feel it too. Like I think sometimes you can feel the air get sucked out of the room when someone goes there, and you're just like, like this is very uncomfortable for everybody. Do you two ever go there? Sometimes I don't. Uh, at least not when I started. I'm starting to kind of brush it, yeah, brush yeah. into it a little bit, mm-hmm. but probably not to the extreme that I hear some. You know, it's gotta do be, you ever want to? It's gotta be no. I no. don't ever want to do that. To, you know, it's gotta be somewhat clever. Yeah. You're tastefully naughty. You like you when you exactly, dip into it, you dip into it like you like tertiary, like kind of like nudge into it a little bit. You don't go full in like balls to the wall, right. blue comedy. And then I'll like take a hard left and immediately start talking about my daughter. You know? Yeah. So then they oh oh okay well which, which is definitely it, what everybody it, wants. To in itself is super hilarious though when you go like, really dirty and then just a hard switch like anyway. So I was hanging with my daughter the other day. Everyone's yeah. like, wait, what? <laughs> Yeah. It all depends on whether it went over or not, you know? Right. Yeah. Then I got to make myself relatable again. How's like, oh, he does have feelings. He does. <laughs> I feel like that's hard. That's hard to come by sometimes. Like, this guy might not be human. Like, that was rough. That was. Yeah, yeah that felt very dark. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think. Like, where did that's he think of that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> What, what else were you contemplating when you came up with that punchline? That's the hardest part as a comedian when someone says something like truly fucking dark. You're like, man, how many pieces of paper did you go through to land on that? Like, just, like I would have <laughs> loved was to see that, that idea at number one. See, yeah. You just wrote that down. You're like, that's this is it. it. Done. Nailed right. it. It's I always scary. assume yeah. it's number one because I think that they probably think that dark and that's the first thing that they connected. Oh, my goodness. Well, that's usually probably how it goes, I yeah. would say. Most of my stuff is first pass. Uh, like, that's not true. No, that's not, no. Like, it's... <laughs> <laughs> you want to change it? No. Like, no, no, no. It just comes in hard. That's like, not true. No, you always, like, you're like you're, you're overthinking it. You're overthinking mm. it. Yeah, but it still usually isn't the first pass that comes out. Like, it's right. it's the idea, and then you kind of work through it. And then once I'm like, that's it, then you then you work, th- you overthink the weirdest parts. And, yeah. like, do you guys all do that, where you overthink the strangest things? Uh, the premise is usually, I always, I made a joke about it on stage where I'm like, I walk into my, or walk into our bedroom, like waddle in like a fat fiance. And I'm just like, Hey, is this funny? And she's like, what the <laughs> hell? And I was like, say a premise. She's like, it has legs. What's the tag? And I'll like give her something. She'd be like, no, that's not good enough. But the tag is where I obsess. I like, I cannot figure out how to land the, like land the joke. Or I find myself like, Number one, if I explain a premise out loud where I say a premise and I start to talk about it and I can tell she's losing it, I'll walk myself out of it right away. I go, all right, well, that's not as funny just as the Hundred percent, I'll walk it back. You know what? It needs more work. And I'll just waddle back out of the room. Like, yeah, done with it. The when first I, impression is everything. Hundred percent. Mm-hmm. You know, when I first started, I would overthink everything, but now I've just started taking real life examples and applying them on stage, and that's when I found out that they're starting to come together. I'll say something out. And they'll laugh, and I'll change it up a little bit because you can't just be like a guy who goes on stage and tells the jokes at the bar like you are with your friends because you're not. You're trying to, right. you know, yeah. go through a broad crowd. But definitely do a lot of overthinking. You can see that with some of the comedians too that, you know, especially like the ones that get up there for the first time, that you can tell a friend at a bar just said, you're pretty funny. You should do that on stage when it's not really like a written bit. They're yeah. just being bar funny. The stories are I mean, not to like, because obviously I don't, I'm not that far removed from being, you know, new as they would say, but like the, the classic crutch of a brand new comic who's going to put their first up mic is just to tell a story. They're like, oh, like, I don't have really jokes, but I'm going to tell you guys a story about like blacking out last night. And you're like, God damn mm-hmm. it. Like, okay, so you haven't thought about this that much. You but some like, of the comedians it. who tell stories and it's almost like its own separate talent. Like I think yeah. John Mulaney, 
who tells the stories and they're Uncle hilarious, Kramer. but you can't just tell a story. It's right. its own. But he's right. taken that story. Burt Kreischer. But he tags yeah. everything, right? He'll take you on like six different, like he'll start the story and be like, that's like, and then like he jumps into tags versus a brand new open mic right. comic generally just tells you the story and goes like, and they did this and they expect that to get the laugh. It's like, no, no, no. You have yeah. to like, you have to take people with you because no one really cares about your story. They care about what they can see themselves in that story with you. And that's, yeah. And that's then it's like two minutes of talking before they even get to that. Correct. Funny. Yeah. To the big that, pop. And they yeah. realize like what all the fat that needs to get trimmed. That's out. where the skill comes in. And that's something that I've been trying to work on is kind of like overarching broad themes, but you know, swerving off right and left, like you were saying, and at least making tags on there to keep their attention. Cause if you just go straight forward down a road, mm. <laughs> that, if you make people sit there silently for two minutes <laughs> and that last tag line isn't worth it. Yikes. Yeah. yeah. It has to be amazing. Like so unexpected. Like, wow. Yeah. And, and like um, borderline unbelievable. Like the story, it has to I, like come together in such a way that you're like, that was worth every single second of mm-hmm. uh, that. Dave I Dave Chappelle on his first Netflix special. I haven't watched the latest one yet because <laughs> we won't talk about that things, but uh, <laughs> That's for another episode. we don't yeah. want to get canceled already. Right, yeah. But you know, he did this thing where he brought it around and callbacks are something that I've been trying to work on. Mm-hmm. And that's a skill in and of itself, but he just goes on this wild, like, 10-minute story, and he just ends it with the punchline he started it with, and I went, okay. Yeah. That's, that's Callbacks true art, in my, in my opinion. I think I know yeah. what you're talking about, one where he, I, I obviously didn't paraphrase, but he was like, I'm going to tell a joke, and the punchline's going to be kicker in the pussy. Oh, yes. And he goes, I by the end, he goes, that. y'all going to forget, but I'm going to do it. Yeah. And the story has nothing to do with it, and then he smacks it at the end and goes, thank you, good night. Yeah. Now and I'm sitting here trying to remember the punchline. Yeah. yeah, that's that I'm was trying the punchline. To rem- that was the punchline. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, started he with said, it. he's like, I'm gonna tell you how good I am. He's like, the punchline of this joke oh. is gonna be like, and then I kicked her in the pussy. Like, I've got a oh, jar of taglines right. at home, and yeah. I just grabbed one out, and he's like, I'm gonna write a joke around this now. Right. And then he did like a whole circle back, and it just, I went, okay. That was like the he globe. Do I even want to do this now? Yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah listen, you, there's there are people who are in a different stratosphere, and that's just that's just <laughs> it. Him and like to me, David Tell. Whenever I watch David Tell, I just get sad. I go like that crowd work is some of the I you, like you could never even touch how funny he is on his feet. And I'm crowd like, work well, is that's my it. favorite. <laughs> I always think for crowd work, I think Drew Lynch, the guy oh, with the stutter. Yeah, he's great. And I for the longest time, I didn't even see his sets. I would just see what he puts out on Facebook or you know TikTok, and they're all crowd work, and they have you rolling. Yeah, they're so easily viral too. Like he he learned it early versus mm-hmm. like a lot. I mean, you see a lot of comics on TikTok and Instagram now, but he was one of the first like three four years ago who would only put out crowd work sets on Facebook, so he didn't have to burn material. And people were all like, it's such an easy, fun yeah. to laugh at thing. And then he got super popular. Now he's doing like full on specials and shit. So that makes me want to ask: There's the crowd work, the natural crowd work that they do. Yeah, and then there's the fake crowd work, where you act like someone in the audience said something so then you can play off of it or you do the whole well what about you yeah what about you, man what about you sir and then you ask them a question to try to get a prompt of some yeah. sort of answer and yeah. then it's wonderful i think mike can tell a story on that one where that backfires and you ask the wrong person a question <laughs> do you i can't blank stare <laughs> do you remember when they asked me this is an audio and format. It out. <laughs> they asked um. me and ash Oh, right. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. yeah. There was a comedian on stage and he was getting into some heavy sexualized material and he picked <laughs> the two most feminist women <laughs> in the crowd to try and do crowd work with. And they both. Oh, so this just, wasn't you. No, it was not no. me. No, he, he's crowd working. His, he his just tells it better. It, it goes, was, you like that sex, right? She goes, fuck you, dude. No. 
<laughs> no, he just remembers it better than I do because I was so in shock. It was me and my best friend because we're extreme feminists. And he, yeah, he asked something insane and it threw off the rest of his. I just sat there. Was it a famous jug. comedian or a local comedian? It local. was a local comedian. Yeah. Can you write their name on that paper? And I swear to God, I'll never tell you. <laughs> I, I beg of you. I need to know. I, I, we, can, we can cover it now, Damn it. Great. We, this, we, we can circle back to this. This podcast is now going to be the room where the stories get told. I just had to ask. I'm sorry. This okay. is where the truth off. comes out, guys. <laughs> but yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't going well. And then he picked the wrong people to try and crowd work with. It would have been different if, like, you could clearly see that the two of you were laughing the whole time. But we were stone faced, oh, disgusted. No. Was the crowd <laughs> into it? Was the crowd was. enjoying how angry you were? Or no? Did it get awkward? I mean, the whole thing was awkward. Ah, really? That's tough. Yeah, that's the whole thing great. was just awkward. But we we were just like you know, arms crossed, Karen position just like because I love so many different kinds of comedy I love the nasty stuff I love the far out there political stuff like you can't offend me but when it's not funny exactly it's just a personality like you're just telling me you're this person right now and it's just gross they're not doing it with any sort of tact or like it didn't feel like a punchline as much as like it just feels weird yeah it's like Yep. You know, a lot of comedians will get up there and they'll make jokes about like hitting on women after the show or whatever, and it's a bit. But then there's some that get up there that's like, "You're really gonna do this?" Oh yeah, no, yeah. You go. That feels very authentic. They say be authentic, not that, not, not that authentic. That. Yes. Um, as far as like manufactured crowd work versus like real crowd work, where do you where do you stand, Chuck? I haven't dabbled that much in the crowd work yet. It's even though I I do it all the time when I MC weddings yeah. and events. For some reason, there's like a wall that stands between doing it. When it's not about me versus when people are there to see me. Yeah. You know, it's a lot easier for me to be like, a little bit of crowd work. All right, you're here to see this band. Yeah. Or congratulations to Mr. and Mrs., you know, versus true right. crowd work. Well, Sweating it out, maybe. It deviates from, like, the set. You have this battle plan going in, and then you engage in the crowd work, and you've officially jumped into the unknown. Unless you have, like... Like the manufactured side of things, like some people just have stock tags. Like there's some ones they know how right. to throw it. If the person's being drunk and rude, throw this one back at them and it'll shut them up. But like the true crowd work where you start asking questions and engaging, you're like, you're jumped without a parachute. You're either going to splat or it's going to look great and people are going to love you. And there's like, that's a dangerous spot to be in. That seems like one of those you need to take improv classes to yep. start to master. That's all it is really is just improv. Yeah, and I think a lot of it also comes with like just pure confidence too. After a long time, just being like, I've done enough of these shows where I'd like I have some sort of punchline stocked up, or I've seen enough. Like basically, I don't think there's a lot of authentic crowd work. I think you watch enough comedians and you go, okay, that's like the same vein of how you handle that situation. So like I'm getting more, I'm starting to get more into crowd work. Right, like, like the it. situations are very limited. Yes, well, well not very trouble. limited, but they're limited to an extent where you can be like, well, seen this before, now I can, yeah. Hit the, like, I don't know, it's, it's it's a rhythm thing. The crowd's into it, and then they say something, and you're just supposed to, like, hit it, like, the same beat right back at them. They're like, oh, I'm here with a friend. You're like, friend, right? And everybody just blares a laugh. And it's like, it's, right. so, it's not cheap laughs, but because they're there to see a show. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter if it's that hilarious or groundbreaking. If you're making everybody laugh, you're making everybody laugh. Like, there's no nothing hacky about it. Now, mm-hmm. I want to I wanna do an example of crowd work where I saw Hayden do it. He's not very <laughs> proud of it. But I thought it was pretty good. Which one? When this guy walked up and started shadow boxing at you, <laughs> and you were hosting a show, it you're hosting a show, and uh, it just yeah. I could tell it mental boomed you a little bit, you know, or it threw you off. But I mean, I thought on the outside, you did very well. 
You just kind of like, where was I? Oh, I well, guess we're just going to go to this we're joke just gonna, Yeah, instead. I was like, we're going to forget all about this. Yeah, well, I said, bat, I have a joke about basketball and sex. And I said basketball, and he's like, what about boxing? And he just starts shadow boxing to the stage. <laughs> like and he got closer. Like, and he got like two feet. I don't know if you guys had arrived yet or if you were there. We were there. Yeah, so okay. he got like two feet from the stage. And I'm like sitting there thinking of tags to like say to him. And I'm like, but hang on a minute. I see that he's missing like seven or eight teeth. And he does, <laughs> he like he would not hesitate to beat me up. This and the closest real. comedian is like 30 feet away who's not going to help me. <laughs> like, I truly think, Chuck, you and Ross would have watched me get my ass kicked i don't I, <laughs> no i mean it's important to know Not where your friends stand correct and so yeah so you i would have seen how it played out a little bit yeah <laughs> i had jokes in mind and i was like talk, and i was like god i just like i it did mental boom me to the point where i was like Hey, because sometimes the crowd I? work is not by choice. And that was well, an that, example yeah, of it. That yeah. kind of goes beyond crowd work. And now you're just talking hecklers at mm-hmm, that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not even sure if that was heckling is though. It? Well, that what's the, he- definition? Yeah, yeah, what's the definition of heckling? Someone who tries to get involved in your show or throw you off. It doesn't have to be necessarily His negative. Was just like, like with meth involved. Like he would like, there was definitely a <laughs> drug induced or very drunk. But like after that, there needs he was to done. Be an, yeah, no, he would left. He was done. He just didn't want to do it. Yeah. There needs to be an urban dictionary word for meth hecklers. Yeah. It's just, well, yeah. I, I wanted to come up with some Mecklers. 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 I like it. I like it. A lot. I feel like we're throwing out words that probably already exist. I mean, other I know, things I that are on way worse. Running <laughs> Urban Dictionary on the side. Yeah, I'm like, oh, it's already there. It's such a big database. Yeah. The Saturday show is the one that, that's crowd work I'm proud of, where it like happens out of nowhere. Like these two ladies were there. It was a very small turnout at the attic where we were. Just like two they were up, the crowd. They were the crowd. It was two ladies and then like another comedian and his girlfriend, but like that's it, right? For people who aren't on the show. I, well, Chuck, you were there too, but you're yeah. a comic. You were sitting with all of us. And uh, these two ladies had been quiet all show. And finally, I'm like, you know what? They're only two here. Let's engage them. So I was like, uh, are you guys coworkers, whatever? And I asked them, and they met on Bumble BFF, which in itself just made everybody laugh because like, it's just a, you don't hear it often. I've and never heard to, that before. Yeah, so that's where like, yeah, it's kind of inauthentic because I knew I was just going to, whatever they said, I was going to try to tag back at them. Like I was ready. I was going to crowd work them regardless. But when they gave me that answer, then you get the, that's a freebie. It's like a free home run to somebody just giving you a hilarious answer. You, I had to do no work for them to make everybody laugh. I just had to like invite them to join the show a little yeah. bit. Do you, th- do you normally try to, like I would think, and I've seen it both ways, where you can invite a heckler and it makes the show better. Or where you invite a heckler and that's it. You've now ruined it for every other comedian that goes up there because you've stroked their ego. They're now going to go over the top. I've seen that happen at Skyline during the open mic where in the front seat there was a couple of girls. This must have been over last summer where she just had something to say about everything that everyone was saying, you Mm -hmm. know, where they thought their punchline was going to be better. And it's just like, I was there that night. and And then, you know, the host will do that thing like, oh, do you want to come up here and try? And they're yeah. like, no. Yeah, we saw that. We were down at High Note in Milwaukee, and oh, there yeah. was a guy up there, and this, um, because they do karaoke afterwards, and this woman just wanted karaoke. And the whole time, she was heckling everybody, bring karaoke. So finally, a guy stopped, and he's like, you know what? Come on up here. Come on up here. So she gets up there, and she's like, so can I sing? He's like, no, 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 no. You got to tell jokes. This is comedy. And <laughs> it's comedy. And she's like, freezes and oh, yeah, has dumb. nothing. And he's like, yeah, it's pretty difficult, isn't it? And while that was beautiful, after when they started doing karaoke, she got up there to sing and he heckled her through her whole karaoke <laughs> it was song. Beautiful. It was Bruce beautiful. Oh, Every good. comedian was just like, <laughs> so. comedians. Yes. I love it. I've been to the high note once. The same kind of scenario. I get it that it's a uh, karaoke bar as well. Half the crowd there was there, there for karaoke. Mm-hmm. Boy, <laughs> Do they not care about captive audience? No. Yeah. Captive audience. They have to be there so they can sign up for karaoke, but they don't want to be there. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. They yeah. wish they could have arrived at 930, but boy, they did not get to. But they do it every Friday. Like, you 
if you know about this place, you probably know that there's going to be comedy before it. Right. Yeah. So it's like, just deal. Right. <laughs> they, they, that's one of those, that's, that's like a flammable open mic where some nights it's so awesome and like great. And other nights it just sits there. It's just like a, it's a mm-hmm. puddle and nothing happens to it. And so that's like a fun one to go down to. If you get the right night, you can have a blast and they book off of that show. It's one of like the few open mics that has like a door to the next like step on it versus oh, a wow. lot. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. I'm shocked more open mics aren't like that. It depends on who's putting them on. I know I don't know who produces the high note showcase, whether it's their actual like staff or not. Mm-hmm. They but but if you do well and you're showing up, they you will get booked on the next high note showcase. And then so there's that one skyline as far as getting in with the owners and whatnot. Right. But there's not like a ton. But skyline even seems more like they if they just happen to be in there or catch you or you get to know the bartender or something, it's not like they're sitting out back. They used, I mean, they used to when, when the two or when the general manager and the lead bartender were there, they would actually take notes and be like, Oh, they had a great set. Now it's much more, you get lucky word of mouth, be friends with the bartender. But yeah, I'm also shocked, but it also like, comics who produce shows do not like going to open mics and being asked about booking because it's just not what they're like right. there for. They'll find you in a way. So there's just not a whole lot of like green grass there to get people to take you in. Yeah. And then like when it comes to booking, so many people, especially when you're starting out, you have your five to 15 minutes and you don't want to put your only five to 15 minutes out there, right? You don't want to have it like out on YouTube or something because then who's going to come see you? It's kind of like putting a whole you know, Netflix special on YouTube before you get it on Netflix. It's kind of pointless. So then it's like you get bookers who, how did they find you? How did they find your stuff? Yeah, that's the that was the hardest part is find, A, well, getting a good clip. You and I talked about this yeah. the other night. Getting a good clip is hard because A, if you're somebody who's only getting booked like here and there on indie shows, like I'm a, a ton of indie shows, some of them, suck like yeah. really bad and they're hard to get a good clip because of my technology their technology doesn't matter that you just can't get it some of them you get a good win but then getting it to the bookers like you said i don't like putting yeah. material out on the internet until i'm done with it but you can unlist it send it to them in a private link and be like i'm gonna do this exact set like i sent my first time i got booked i sent my exact set i said i will do this this nine minutes verbatim like if you book me so you know exactly what you're getting and then from there start to branch out a little bit i just keep rotating the same material. I'll be like, all right, I did this bit better this time, and then I just go back and delete the old one. Oh, it's smart. So that's what, I, that's what I've been doing. Yep. But also getting a good clip also means that there needs to be enough of an audience yeah. to get a reaction out of. Yep. And sometimes you get booked those small shows, and that's what shows up as a small crowd, and you don't want to send in a clip that's got five laughs on it. Yeah, Correct. you can have the best set of your life, but if it's only five people laughing it's not going to yeah. sound great i'm just going to start inserting in like crowd laughs like, i mean dude, why not i don't know dude i'm a big <laughs> fake until you make it guy dude could you imagine like because people are going to notice could you imagine the reputation you would have if they're like that's the canned laughter guy <laughs> <laughs> i'd book him if, for fun yeah, I'd be like, Hell be yeah the one and then he shows up to the show with his little boom canned box laughing, of canned shit, laughter like, yeah. yeah then i don't just care be a comic <laughs> I don't care if this cost me 25 bucks. I want to see this guy eat shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, like, I, you would get word of mouth. Like, this is the guy who brings his own laugh track on stage. Just yeah. reaches back. And it would no, be the... Like, has a little button behind his ear. Like, after a punchline, reaches back and clicks it. <laughs> and it would be, like, the really one video I make through. that would actually go viral. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, the one that would go viral. 100%. And I'd be so mad about it. It's because the internet oh. is an unfair wasteland. <laughs> well, shit. Uh, Wisco Mike. When he used to... a laugh track? Yeah. Oh, he, yeah. He, 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 he do his Wait, did he have one? Yeah, he would do a laugh track. Yeah. Yep, Never when mind, he came scratch to that, that idea open then. Mic. Yeah. We're scratching that. <laughs> but going back all the way to what you said about uh, 
uh, crowd work early on, like how it screws other comedians over and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Chuck, you and I talked about this the other night. The unwritten rule of hosting, the host is not allowed to do crowd work. That's like the only holds barred of like, if you're hosting the show, do not engage the crowd because it's it's a permission for them to them engage I with everybody else. I did not know that. I've heard that enough times from indie comics. You hear it on like podcasts, stuff like that. Like don't engage the crowd until unless you're the feature and above because then it's, you're allowed to, that kind of thing. It's or, breaking that fourth wall. Correct. And now it's just wide open. And that's why like actual famous headliners will only bring a feature with them that like will listen to that rule. Like if they don't like crowd work, they don't want their feature going out there and talking to everybody because it's, it's, that's not the kind of show they want to put on. But like- right. On an indie show, listen, if the guy before you kills it with crowd work, too bad. You're going to have to deal with that. you got to go out there and sink or swim. But that's kind of the fun of an indie show is to cut your teeth in, like, hostile mm-hmm. environments versus a club set. Well, shit, last month, Joe Briggs fucking killed it with the crowd. Crowd work. And the I went up it. after. <laughs> <laughs> and that they got respectful, which was nice. But there was still some moments where it was like, all right. I have to do this now. Yeah. I yeah. have to respond. The first to this. three minutes are a war after someone crowd works because they all like you have to earn them back. And yes. then on top of that, they still want you to be able to like interact with them a little bit. And yeah, that's that's and you, tough. they did during that show that you still like they were a little bit more subdued because you weren't encouraging it, but yeah. you still that was some of your best crowd work I think I've seen you do was for that show. Yeah, that was fun. They'll come back to you. Like they, they if you settle down and like let them know what you're about and how you're doing it, they'll they'll find their way back. You can do that with hecklers too. That night that Chuck was talking about where that woman just had something to say about everybody. Mm -hmm. I went up and I just hit that first minute and she shut up the rest of the time I was up there, Mm -hmm. you know, and and that's possible. You can, you can win the heckler over, you know, if they're not super dedicated, they're just thinking that they're being funny. You can get them in that first minute to be like, all right, I'll listen now. I also want to say that night that somebody just like hammered her the entire, their entire four minutes that they were up. Yeah. They just like made it about her and wanted her opinion on everything and, you know, she got uncomfortable and then it was yeah. game over after that. Yeah. Sometimes that's all you need is someone who like a veteran or seasoned comic who's like, I don't give a shit about this four minutes. I'll, I don't care. And then they just go to town on her and they're like, all right, then she's, she, she'll quiet down or like, I've had guys at the, this, the show I did and they were heckling so hard. And then the, the next guy got up and just like roasted the shit out of them and they shut up after like five minutes. Cause it's just not fun. Like, this guy spends every week, five nights a week, dealing with hecklers, and you, you're you one lowly heckler going to a comedy show for the first time in two months. You're not going to win that. Like, you yeah. are woefully you, you are the funniest guy in your friend group, and you're in a big pond now, buddy. Like, this is a, this is I a watched, headliner. I watched Hayden uh, walk a whole set of uh, hecklers one night on a show that we did. <laughs> I think it might have been a... Uh, it was an Ivory's night. It was yeah. a Wait, was that, night. Was when, that with those women? Yeah. And they ignored uh, you yeah. the whole time? Oh, yeah. I just kept going on them. The, yeah. They flipped that. me off when they left, though. I was like, have a good night, ladies. They reached back in and flipped me off. It was so funny, though, because every, you kept clearly making fun of them, and they didn't even respond. They just acted like nothing was happening and then walked The out. entire time up until Hayden was up, he just kept pacing, and he'd come up to me and goes... I don't like this group. I'm going to get them. <laughs> I'm going to get them. I'm going to walk them. That I'm makes, going to walk them. That makes and then me he did wonder. Like, he like started a bit and then he went, fuck it. I'm, this is it. Enough with you. <laughs> and then once so they walked done, out the dude. door, he just slid right back into his set. Dude, you got to so do, do it, So do you man. ever walk into a room and that you look at the audience, the crowd, especially in smaller ones where, you know, like bar settings or something. Do you ever read it and think they're going to do it? Oh, or yeah. I want to get rid of them, or I want to try and piss them off. Uh, not. I never want to turn the audience against. Like you, know, like I never want to like go into that with the that mindset. Like I don't want to walk them. Mm-hmm. 
I just know what's going to be a battle and what's not. Like, I've gone into some rooms, and I'm like, God, you can hear them talking, or you're like, you can see. If you see uh, a guy with a big beard drink four beers before you even get on stage, you know you're in, like, tr- <laughs> like he's going to have some opinions on what you have to say. I love the big beard you Dude, had to throw it. 100%. They're in a car heart, and they're just at the table. Uh, bigger than Chuck. It's bigger much than dirtier Chuck's. than Chuck's. Oh. Chuck's dirtier. is manicured and nice. It's oh. generally, like, a bigger orange-brown beard. Like, if someone fatter Wait, and more Wait, did my brother go to one of your shows? He might have. He's <laughs> driving him right now. He's Listen. got that exact color beard, and he wears overalls. And he wears and like that. And he drives truck. And he drives truck, and they will let you know it if you're like a pretty boy comic, a la myself, who sometimes goes up there in very douchey outfits. They will, like, they don't like me, and I know it, but I, I you can walk into a room and know you're going to have a tough night pretty yeah. quickly. Is there a standard, we're going to do this, is there a standard stereotype? Like, you just kind of described one, but is there always, like... <laughs> man woman yeah they're, they're leaning back they're cracking knuckles i'll let okay. him take this one because he's done a lot more shows than i have fat blue collar worker love them to death they're the blue they're the men, blood of women. america men, men men in that respect that's one of them uh middle-aged woman doll haircut the karen Literally, it's not generally, they're not like, uh, uh, they don't get offended. They just want to be a part of the show. Like, mm-hmm. they're like, I paid 20 bucks and I'm going to let my opinion be known on this whole subject. And they always have that cackle laugh. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Or they just like, they don't laugh. They respond. Like, they'd be like, I'll preach. Then you're like, shut up. <laughs> I, I, one time I stopped a lady. I was like, stop saying amen and laugh. And I was like, the, the room loved it. She did not. She's like, I like it. I'm like, shut up. Uh, the other one. Uh, old people are not that bad. And then like generally like the methy looking people, you mm-hmm. know, like they're just, cause I mean, generally if you're like in a small, small town and you get the kind of the crazy eyes, you know, you're in for it. Cause they just, they've never, they don't go to shows. They don't understand. It's a wall between you and the performer. They're like, we're, we're in on this. We're a team yeah. now. That's they do. They, and that's harder in those there. smaller venues. Cause you are like, you know, when the one Saturday Jack gets up there and he keeps doing crowd work on this guy, a friend of ours actually. And he's like, I keep doing this because you're four feet from me. <laughs> and it's like, you're in this now yeah. you're, you're in it with we're me. T- we're, we're in this together. We all got to make it laugh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's wild that you talk about like that wall between a comedian and the audience. Now I've been in bands too, where I've been the lead singer. I don't ever see anyone trying to rush the stage or it very rarely happens. And I've been out to see a lot of bands and I've performed a lot of bands. You don't get the same type of reaction. There's like just something weird and almost vitriol. Music keeps them away. Something about spoken word because it almost, it's like a one-sided conversation. Like you're doing punchlines and the laugh is supposed to be the response. But some people are like, I don't want to laugh. I just see, I go to a lot of like spoken word poetry events and I have never seen anyone try to join in. It's something about the carefree of comedy. Now, you, know, yeah, if you get up yeah. there and you're telling a story about your but vagina you're or whatever they do there. A spoken word thing. I though. see a lot. Very of, very oh, there are so <laughs> many. Meth heads love poetry. They there's, love I mean, there's, poetry. There's something they soothing about it. Apparently, poetry. I love <laughs> anything that can connect this meth to my heart. But I need to calm down. Yes. <laughs> Or they've got thoughts. They, they have, they're not there to listen. They're there to talk. Exactly like my dad is, My dad would be at a slam poetry thing. He doesn't We're do math, but he feels like it. Yeah. And usually they're the ones you cannot get off stage. 100%. They'll, every time. when they're, you. So we do the, there's a uh, open mic downtown Green Bay, and there sometimes are some uh, some creatures who come in and they're like, I'm going to do, I'm I'm gonna do my Netflix special. And they like twirl the cord and they just like, they're spewing nonsense. There was a guy who paced back and forth for five minutes straight at a vigorous pace. And he's like, I'm so fucking nervous. He kept saying that. <laughs> like that was his like crutch. You know, some people go like, I say, I don't know a lot. Whenever I was like, I don't know. His was, I'm so fucking nervous. <laughs> he was just back and forth across the stage. Very scary stuff. 
Wait, so you're cre- like when you're nervous or before a show, you just walk around saying, I don't know? No, no, no. On stage between bits. Oh, if I'm just stage. looking for a segue, like everyone's mm-hmm. laughing and I get uncomfortable or they're not laughing. I just go, I don't know. And I like itch the back of my head. Like that's my crutch. I figured it out because my friend was like, stop saying, I don't know. Because mm-hmm. he watched one of my clips. I was like, I can't. And I, you know, I see a lot of you guys over and over and over yeah. again. And I see like a lot of the ticks or the nervous yeah. habits and things. I'm curious as to what mine is then. You put your hand in your pocket, you look down, and you step back the and step forth. Back. I literally like staple your feet to the floor. Stop moving. G- Jim's is, uh, that's nice. He goes, that's nice. That's the nice. Tag. Yep. Jack goes, all right. Like, all yep. right. All, all right. right. Yeah, no, his so is very, fast. all right. All right. Yeah. And then you just poof, right back into it. Everybody has their Everyone own Everyone has thing. one. Yeah. And so. another thing I've noticed on like what I, I call bad habits, because, you know, obviously those things are kind of bad habits, yeah. is when people say, all right, I'm going to leave you on this one. Oh, you don't like for that. their last I don't like that joke one either. Because nope. it's like, first of all, you know, you don't want to set them up as, oh, this we're ending now. Okay, Correct. you know, it kind of it gets out of the mo. Like people start uh, like they yeah they un- yeah. unshackle. So it's bit. like they're in it, they're with you, and then you're like, all right, I'm gonna leave you on this one, and then they're like, oh, okay, and they're kind of looking, they're getting their drink, they're grabbing their yep. purse, yep. and I so many permission. do that. You're giving them permission to stop paying attention. Yeah, yeah, to check out. Or you're setting expectation for a much bigger joke than Finish, it most likely yeah, is. Yeah. Like, yeah, a lot of yes. people say their best ones, but especially, like, in our rung right now, like, no, 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 we don't have, like, show-stopping finishers. Like, you try to open with that stuff, especially in this time. But, yeah, I I would agree. I don't like the, I'm going to leave you on this one. And I've noticed because, um, like, a new comic will get up there, and then we'll see them again later, and they slowly adapt to it. So it's uh, spreading like a virus. Like they think this is what I, and Mike did it once. And the lecture he got, he's never done it again. <laughs> he's so mad. I was like, no, because it, it just spreads. Because you, it does. You, it does. Because you watch. So much, it's yeah. like, and all of a sudden it's just there. Yeah. Com- comfortability and silence is the biggest, like that's the whole thing that eliminates that. Because generally you hit a good joke and you're like, okay, I have time for one more. And you let the audience know you only have time for one more versus just shutting up and getting into the next bit. I still am like, I'm like, oh, get out of here. It's like, no, no, mm-hmm. shut up. You're, and another yeah, more subtle. Out of your own head. Yeah. Like, all right, yep. I got time See, for I'm one glad more. that's yep. one thing that I never picked up on. Like, yeah, I'll you don't gra- do it. I'll reach for the mic stand when I'm like at the tail end of... What I'm about to say. That's yeah. fun though, because it builds like a little bit. Because I like when you grab it and you're talking, and then you leave them with a great punchline, and you're like, "All right, thanks," and you get off. Like, yeah. there's no better feeling than like a I'm smooth landing of a set. But I'll yeah. leave you with this: sets up an expectation that not a lot of people like can live up to. Even so great comedy. What do you think. think about the people who don't move the mic stand? Because every comedian gets up there and they take their mic out and they move the mic stand. What about the ones that just stand there and leave with the, the mic, mic still in it? In the stand. That's, I love it. To me, that's fine as well. Yeah. It's it's a comfortable uh, comfortability thing. It also maybe that's just your style. Maybe you don't move around a lot and you just you need to grab onto that mic stand as kind of like an you know like a brace a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't mind it at all because I've heard it's those people that just move it slightly to the left or to the right and, and it's, it's still, still like in the way parallel with them yeah. yeah and then they end up moving if it you're again. not a guy like a guy or gal who like grabs it and like moves around with it it's got to go to the back or if you're going to leave it just leave it and move the whole thing grab like you, you know i've seen good like there's some great comics who do both ways they don't care they'll just they'll pick it up they'll move it they don't care but yeah you got to pick one or the other you can't have it just like mm-hmm. sit subtly behind you my my least favorite is when they pull it out and don't even move the mic stand and ah, they stand behind tough. the mic stand holding yeah. the mic 
It's so oh. distracting yeah, it's, for the it's whole. Not great presence on stage. No. I do. I don't mind when it's still in there. Like I did a. I had a guest spot recently, and I was like, I'm not going to take the mic out of the stand. I was like, Hey, I was a little drunk, and I didn't want to be futzing around. The stage a little small, and I was like, This isn't that bad. Like it's kind of nice. You can still use your hands, but you're talking into the mic. Like it. It kind of steadied me, like straight up and down. But if I would have taken the mic out and left the stand, I yeah, I completely agree. Because mm-hmm. even in a picture, you see, it's just like takes up half your body, and no one can really understand. Like they're all focused on what the hell's going on left yep. and right of you. Yeah, I actually, one of the things that I don't mind as far as the mic stand goes, I like it when people will use it as almost like a prop, not mm-hmm. as part of the comedy, but more like the, like they have it off to the side mm-hmm. and they kind of rock it back and yes. forth while they're making a point. It makes um, them look comfortable. Like yeah, I oh own yeah. this place. This yep. is, this is my this world is right now. This is so easy. I'm so natural in my moment. Mm-hmm. This is my environment. So I'm just going to f- around with this stick. I yes. think <laughs> of, um oh, what, I can't remember his name. He's got the dog, Mr. Piffles. Oh. Uh, Puff Piff the Magic Dragon, who was on America's Got Talent, oh. where he does his whole thing, and then while he's standing there, he opens a sandwich and he starts eating a sandwich, and he's just like, "I'm this is what I, I'm here for this. Like I, I live here now," and he was so comfortable, he started eating a sandwich on stage. It almost gets funnier when he does it too. You're like watching, you're like, "That's yeah. hilarious!" Because it's like he's chopping it up in the lunchroom. Like that's that's <laughs> where like you're like, "Oh my god, that's hilarious!" Because just so comfortable, one hand on the mic stand, eating a sandwich, making a point, and you're like, "Why? Like, why am I still laughing?" Yeah. Lunch break fodder, hundred percent. You're yeah. like, "God, that's great!" Like, yeah, they become like. I feel like I'm at work character. with him right now. Well, because they become like a character, like your funny coworker, your funny uncle, like just eating a sandwich, talking mm-hmm. shit, and delivering lines that you should, like you don't hear regular humans say, like funny shit that shocks you, and you're like, "Okay, that's." Do you guys have characters? Like as far as like on stage? Like yeah, th- like how you would describe yourself of like a character or style or something? I'm a bad boy. I told you. I bet, I'm changing yes. my I branding. Mean, I mean, really. Not what you, <laughs> you want to be. I don't want to be the bad boy. Chuck <laughs> said that I, I say really mean things in the microphone and I'm one of the, like I, I want, I desperately want to be liked outside Yeah, you of want it. everyone to like you. <laughs> That's so true. And you talk all this noise and you're like, but please like me. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I don't know. I, I would love my, what I aspire to be is a really good like club comic who could just light up like a room of 140 on fire just with good crowd work, good timing, like mm-hmm. not not too blue, but blue enough where I like, I say something, but I acknowledge that I'm talking dirty in a funny way. Like I, 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 my favorite shtick I have is that I will sometimes say things that are so wildly out there, but because of what I look like and how I talk, it like almost doesn't match. And that itself can be funny if I draw to it, like, hang on, I actually like cry quite a bit as a person. (laughs) And people go, oh, okay, like that's funny. So I I go back and forth. That's the whole, my whole character is like talk bigger than I am, but understand that I look like someone who probably talks bigger than he is. I actually like those moments off the joke where we undercut ourselves. Correct. I like those. Yeah. Yeah. Comedians have such a sense of self-awareness because they know exactly, like when someone gets up there and says, I look like, you know, my parents or this person or this animal or whatever. And it's just, I don't think the average person can do that. We don't know what we look like. How do you figure out what you look like? So based on (laughs) your character, I was going to say that mine is the average millennial single father that's just trying to hang on to his youth. (laughs) (laughs) But your jokes okay, so that adds up with your jokes. Yeah, it's, it's yep. great though. Like that's you gotta okay, so stick, Chuck, you stick with it. Featuring Chuck as himself. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> what you see is what you get. But some of those can be. I mean, that that's a niche. Like they hit so big. You know, I think like Bill Engvall and like or not Bill Engvall. Uh, what's the the Catholic guy with the kids? 
<laughs> Never that, mind. That, that was That's a tough route to go down. <laughs> Catholics and kids. That's yep. for episode two. He's very That's after me and Chuck He are always gone. talks about food and parenting, and he does like the sidebar, like crowd stuff. Like, oh, he's still Jim Gaffigan. Oh, See, there we go. Oh, yeah, I would yeah, never yeah. describe Jim Gaffigan that way, but all right, no, yeah, I'm on board. He's his very sitcom dad. Like, yes, he's like, his, like exactly. his inner monologue is what comes out on stage. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It's yeah. like it's these little whimsical like things he just comes up with. He's like, the crowd's gonna love this because he's yeah. just so stupidly related. Like everyone wants Jim Gaffigan to be their dad because of the way he is yeah. like yeah but it's that middle age you know just clinging yeah. you know he's and he's got that real soft voice sometimes I, he and does and you could like tell if you were a kid how infuriated you'd be to have him as a father he's like why don't we just put that phone in our pocket you're like what, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, why are you talking character. to me like this right yeah, now yeah yeah, yeah. Like, so <laughs> condescendingly funny though like I'm you can 14. tell his brain. yeah yeah <laughs> the way he does man. those like interjections where he's talking for the audience where he's like he's still talking about this do you think he does that to his family I oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I hope so. Yeah, Can I, you I imagine Christmas so. with that man? It would drive God. me nuts. Oh, a holiday with that man? Oh, my God. The the, the, the side commentary. Like, he's leaning off yes. the table to nobody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, doing his own, like, <laughs> like yeah, the hand in front okay, of the mouth. So he's like, she won't pass the gravy. <laughs> so, do you find, for 10 minutes. so do you find that the people in your lives, girlfriends, kids, parents, whatever, they are so over you being funny all or trying to be funny all the time or saying jokes when you shouldn't be saying a joke or being your usual comedic self. I wouldn't self. call it trying. Trying? We're just oh, you're, just fu- you're just fucking hilarious. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. Give me some nuts. That's what's up. Bad boys of comedy. Every I'm day out there. Life. I'm out there fucking doing a tight 20 at Thanksgiving. My grandma's like, let's say Grace. I go, Grace. <laughs> I know a Grace. And I just jump into a bit. No. Uh, I... <laughs> I, I enjoy being funny around my family because that was the whole thing that got me but, started. But the like, question was, did they enjoy they you? They enjoy it. Okay. They enjoy it if I'm hitting. I am very self-aware to be like, all right, I know I should stop, but you I'm not You get the eye rolls a, and the... Not a, you can just feel it in the air when you like when I get into like deeper waters and I go, maybe that wasn't a funny joke. Like I, I make fun of my parents' divorce to their faces and I think it's hilarious. <laughs> like, I fucking... Oh. Or like make fun of my sister dating older. Like I just like, I will do it to their faces because I enjoy the way it makes everyone else feel. But sometimes that's where I get the whole like, that's enough, Hayden. Like mm-hmm. they we're not on stage right now but my goal is for the people that have been around me for a long time in my life and this will probably happen to you at some point that I just get so into feeling myself that I know it's good when people start to roll their eyes out of their heads (laughs) I'm like all right they're getting sick of it but they're not saying it they can't say it and sometimes you get the eye roll where they're like that is funny but I don't want to encourage him Mike sometimes goes with that on stage where he's like, I'm not doing this for laughs. I want the groans. Oh, yeah. I love a good groan. That's my favorite part about doing my Dahmer bits. I love a good groan. It's like, that's it right there. That's what I wanted. Thank you. Now I'll move on. My favorite (laughs) is to tag that still counts. (laughs) You you didn't, you weren't quiet. That's so I get something out of that. I I work off reaction. (laughs) Hayden, you mentioned parents and like making fun of their divorce. I like to incite arguments for my parents oh, for things that my dad and I experienced that I know he didn't tell my mother. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't do it to my parents. I do it to my friends in oh, relationships. Yeah. I'm like, man, <laughs> sounds like some trouble. <laughs> do a little, little hand thing. Yeah. No, there's nothing better than stirring the pot a little bit because we find it hilarious. And then you find out in their brains that we're just being like terrorists of conversation. Yeah. So when, it. then when you get off, when you get off stage, do you ever have that moment where they are really mad at you for what you said on stage? I get concerned a lot. I'll ask my fiance, like, is that okay? She's like, yeah, I don't care. Because she knows it's in service of the show. I never say secrets, right. but I will say whatever it takes to get a laugh. I'm a, I'm a whore for laughs. If I, if, if, I, if I could say something like crazy about myself, I will. If, if I think it'll get the reaction I want. Yeah, Mike's laughing because he has a story. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, oh, shit. you uh, do some, talk some tales <sighs> out of school on stage? Well, just one night I decided to kind of riff on one of my jokes a little bit. And 
I do this because I, sh- she comes to almost everything I do. Uh, Jenny mm-hmm. does. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I love her support, but it gets very tedious. I would, right. You know, she, she's heard my same 15 minutes worth of material ad nauseum. So when I feel so inspired, I'm really excited to do it. Um, so I'll, I'll turn something else on, touch into something extra. And one night I casually made a reference to the fact that I might not get blowjobs anymore. <laughs> wait, wait. But the worst part was I walked every comedian in the room turned around and looked at me for what felt well, to me like 30 minutes. That's tough. That's <laughs> See, that's tough. When, they, when you become a figurehead and being around, that's... He, yeah, so he says that. And then there's a pause that felt like eternity to me, but he said there wasn't really a pause. On, that everybody like is looking seconds. at me before he goes on to explain the joke. And I, I was mortified. And I... I love doing that. I would have gotten up and been like, oh my what do you God. mean? <laughs> I would, I, if I were you at that point, if you already know it's not going to go the way you think, it double down and be like, that's right, right there. <laughs> You're looking at her. Everybody say blowjobs on three. One, two, three, blowjobs. And then you're just like, I'll kill him. But Oh, I already had, without all that, I was ready to kill him. Because if he had done that anywhere else, like if we were down at High Note or somewhere where they don't know me, it yeah. would have been whatever because no one's going to turn and look at me. Right. But we were at Skyline and I think the only people there were comedians and it doesn't help that you guys sitting around the same spot every week. Right. Too, so they knew Everyone right where knew to look and just every head like craned around and I just sink down in my seat. Like let him finish. Shame. 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 Get the bell Shame. going. <laughs> that's that's so I, awesome. My family or my mom and my cousin have only seen one of my shows once and I did the good gushy gushy joke. Oh, okay. Excellent. <laughs> and all they did was just laugh hilariously at yep. it. They yep. had no judgment about it. I told I, I went, All right, that's fine. Yeah, you just gotta like embrace like my fiance's parents came to a show recently and I was like, You're gonna have to embrace it. Mm. The number of times <laughs> that I hear about old Mike, <laughs> Lucy, my and fiance I, does old, old Lucy, and I go, old Lucy. Mm. <laughs> I don't want to meet her. Yeah, Everyone, yeah. I like the adult you. Yes, <laughs> everything about twenty years ago, us, we would have hated each. We <laughs> we were showing each other our high school senior pictures, and this man post bullied me. <laughs> Did you go back on Facebook and start commenting? Because that's where you get the gold, the gold stuff. He's yeah, just like, he like looks at ago. it. He looks at it and he's like, yeah, you would have not been my type. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have an emo phase, a goth phase? What do we have? I, I was a little emo, yeah. yeah. I was a theater girl. Everybody had an mm-hmm. emo phase. It's just a matter a of how public girl. it was on Facebook. But I, was, I wasn't I was the te- like the classic theater girl where I was like all black. I had this rockin' flannel. Oh, nice. You know? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was great. And what were you? Were you like... like Oh, oh can I describe Troy, it? Troy oh, from High School Musical. Yes, I'm giving up your dream, Dad. Oh, the douchiest holding the football, <laughs> the jersey, the earring, the gold <laughs> chain. Yeah. Were you in football at the time? Were you holding? Okay, oh, thank yeah. God. Thank God. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. like a college picture of you. I, I, was, as, I was an athlete. As my best friend likes to say, I could smell the bullying. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Boy, Mike gave me a beer, but Jenny gave me the tea. Yeah, hey. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Hey, that's yeah. that riff. That's yeah. that riffing right there. Huh? Look, I had Boom. I had some identity issues in high school. All right, I, I there are things I, I I'm not proud of, but that was a great senior photo, and I don't care what you have to say about it. It was not. Yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. Senior photos are brutal. It's like it, it's like a, eternalizing a personality you never want to see again. Like yes. I saw mine, I was like, Ugh. like my mom had me like in a black and white, like holding my lacrosse stick or my lacrosse gear, like helmet to helmet, and I was like, this is so stupid. I'm still yeah. super proud of mine. I don't know what that. Shut up, dude! You can. <laughs> he is, and it's no. disgusting. 
It's not even the senior. Do it at the next show, right? It's not even the senior picture. Got Al Bundy over here. It's not the senior picture that bothers me. It's this level of pride in it. Yeah, that I don't like. You also scored four touchdowns in one game. Yeah, his stats written on the back of the picture. I don't know. Yeah, no, I. Very proud of There's me. not a whole lot of identities you can have in high school. You can be like an athlete, a theater kid, or you could like be like a crusty is what we called them. And they were the kids who smoked cigarettes at like 14. <laughs> they, we had a, we had a I corner. Was, I was that and a theater kid. Could I be two? No, you probably, you probably <laughs> escaped the crusty label because of the theater kid. And I'm not proud of saying crusty, but it was, it's like, it was just a common term. They all hung out on one corner by this church and they smoked cigarettes all day long. It was yep, like, I can picture man. the church. Yeah, yeah. And they go, yeah, they, on Tuesdays you get free egg rolls. <laughs> Thank like, this God is for theater, insane. it saved yeah, my Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah I mean, you know, come build the set. You're like, yeah, this is great. I need to get unhooked off nicotine at 17. All right, so what were your high school personalities then? If Were you a crusty? Were you a, you were probably a jock. No, I wasn't. Really? What were you? We didn't even have high school football. It was very embarrassing. Where'd you oh. go? Bayfield, Wisconsin. Oh, uh, yeah. That's like as far north of Wisconsin as you can go. Oh, yeah. You're UP's finest. Well, the UP's I mean, finest. not quite. Well, you're I spent there. half my life in the UP. Yeah, yeah. Like between my two divorced parents, is what I'm saying. So, okay. respect. But you. they live there. They all live there now. So, that's the only place to go back to. So, no, I can't be like, oh, I'm from Bayfield because I haven't visited there in years. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I guess, UP. I don't know. Uh, same as now, but just uh, more confident about who I am. <laughs> I, guess, I guess I did say a lot of things a in high sure school that my, that my English teacher would remind me of any time I'd go back. So you were like the class clown. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I would get kicked out of, you know, class meetings all the time because I just didn't care. It's a good personality. I was a... I was a class clown from like sixth to eighth grade, and then I went full emo. Like I dove deep in My Chemical Romance, Breaking Benjamin, yes. anything you could find. I was wearing black, and then uh, right around like the end of my sophomore year, my brother beat the shit out of me and was like, "You're playing sports now." He's like, "We're done with this whole emo phase." So then he got me into lacrosse, and I became a douchebag for two. <laughs> for honestly, for the next six years, truly, I like I was. I looked back on. I said I joked with something that I was like, if, "If me now met young me, young me would." bully me like like douchey me would be like fuck you fatty like it was like was super you know douchey that was the two personalities i had so i kind of ran that spectrum of it nice yeah then it's... i came out and i was like i'm a little more sensitive now I, not came out that's not what i mean <laughs> I... at oddity i think <laughs> then i came out of my shell as a normal person i wasn't so afraid to be you know a sensitive dude there it's Did i fix it look at that was a high... shut, shut up mm. <laughs> that was a high level of self-awareness and backpedaling yeah, i'm impressed <laughs> listen it, that was maybe he did just come out i I, th- I mean listen for your guys' episode one i'm not only a bad boy of comedy i'm gonna come out <laughs> <laughs> for you guys for you guys i will do that as uh, the bad boy of comedy i'm, I'm coming out com- as a bad boy of comedy oh yeah. the sound bites i'm playing with <laughs> I think we should end on that note. Yes, I think so. <laughs> Great. So, That's yeah. how I want to leave everybody. <laughs> All right. So let's, thank you so much, Hayden. And well, let's get some. Let's give them a moment to talk about their stuff a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So and he'll Chuck, tell us a little. You know, what, what do you got going on these days? In terms of shows, or you know, shows, I, podcasts, something you want to plug, whatever. Uh, starting well, rebranding a podcast that I started with one of my best friends who is an audio engineer. We were doing it. It was called Doing It Our Way, but we're just he doesn't have social media. So it was just me managing, like, two separate accounts on social media. I was like, why can't we just do it off mine then? Mm-hmm. We're going to call it Chucking Around. It's nice. gonna, Love that. It's going to involve a lot of video. And then uh, getting back into hosting events for uh, KISS FM on the radio. And then I've got uh, at least three more shows coming up as of right now. So Nice. Excellent. Yeah. Gang, gang. Boom. 
How about you? Uh, HaydenFComedy.com if you want to come see the baddest boy in comedy who didn't come out on a <laughs> podcast. Hayden F. Comedy for all my shows. Uh, I do have two podcasts, though. If you like uh, groups of uh, uh, white men laughing, it's the Tuesday Catch-Up. Very stereotypical, exactly what you think it is. But then there's mine where I uh, some people think that I'm a huge Trumper now just because I make jokes. Uh, Chumming It Up podcast all on all platforms, video podcast and audio. So nice. fun stuff. Awesome. And I'm not, I didn't come out on this podcast. I just want to, let's reiterate one last time that I reserve that for my own media. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, there's not, but, I, his... but, I, but I'm reserving big news like that for my I... own show. Oh, yes. that's important. <laughs> Absolutely. All I right. can't let you have the inside scoop. Well, thank you guys for being on, Aiden and Chuck. Thank you. This has been Comedy Connects Podcast. Thanks for listening. Do we clap? No, do we clap? Bye.